This is episode 52 with Peter Finn. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. Peter Finn is the owner and director of Face Contracting, also known as Face Mining Services. He's built up a wealth of knowledge in all types of construction, mining and heavy industries. He holds his staff and his business teams to the highest of work standards and looks to deliver quality time and time again. Peter Finn, who you're about to hear from, is actually one of my best mates. He was neighbours with our family from almost from birth, actually, for a few years in the small town of Ningen, and we went to high school together and grew up together. We've been very, very close mates all our life. For all the non-Australians listening right now, you are about to hear some of the most classic country Aussie accent that you will ever hear on this podcast, I think. Peter Finn has taken himself to great heights in his business. And the reason I've got him on here today, onto the podcast, is not because he's a best mate of mine, not because we have some stories to share, and I actually don't let him share any of those stories on this episode. It's because I'm extremely proud to see a transformation in him personally, which he discusses some of the deep, uh, dark tunnels that he went down, and also because of the pride and passion that he has in his business and around the mining industry and the paradigm shift that he is creating to help bridge what we believe is a quite a big gap in this industry that we're both proud of. For all the long-time listeners, you will know that I'm from a small country town called Cobar in far western New South Wales in Australia. I said it in my episode triple zero and I often mention it in different podcast episodes. Cobar is a very small country mining town and the pride, sorry, the, the word that I say when people ask me about Cobar is pride. I have many great memories of Cobar and many great proud memories of Cobar because of the community that has supported me, supported my friends, supported my family. It's such a great community. And Peter Finn and his face contracting, face mining services, he operates throughout Cobar and throughout the country. So this is a quite a special episode for me, and it's one that's a little bit different to any episodes I've done before. One, because Pete is a good mate, but it's also very close to my heart because it is about the mining industry, and it is directly what we're doing, making an impact in Cobar itself. And it's like I said, it's really close to my heart because I've come to understand the impact that I can have personally in the mining industry with my skill sets and with my experience. And that makes me very proud. And we discuss in this episode how much, how close mining is to my heart and what it actually means to me to help deliver my services into this industry. And another thing that we discuss in great detail too is 
Peter called me a couple of months ago when I was in Sweden and he said that if he was to die tomorrow, he's not proud of the legacy that his company's left behind. He's proud that he has a great company, but he wasn't proud of the legacy. It would just be another mining company. And he's more than that. He always tries to help people be better people. But he knew that there was there was more room for improvement. There was more of a gap that we could bridge together. And that's what we discuss a lot in this episode. So I'm excited to bring you my good mate, Peter Finn, and for the international listeners, the good old classic country Aussie accent that you will be exposed to. Before we listen to Finney, as he's known, I'm just going to read out another iTunes review. And this one is from, it's from back in July, actually, not long after I launched the podcast. And this one is from Mick McCann. And it's titled, Great Way to Learn. He said, recently found this podcast and got to say, it's becoming one of my favorites. Robbo speaks with great people and they keep giving gold knowledge bombs. Simple things to help get through our busy lives. Knowing your impact is huge. I'm using this as a learning tool for me and my team. Mick, thanks very much for taking the time to write that review and I hope since July that this has become that learning tool for you and your team and for everyone else out there, as you know, the reviews on iTunes help keep this podcast alive so to taking those couple of minutes to actually give your review and rating, it actually means a lot to me and this whole podcasting journey. Now let's hear from... Peter Finn, what is face contracting? Uh, it's my company. It's me. I'm the face of face. It's a mining contracting company, as you know. I know the listeners are all ears for it. And predominantly, we service the mining and construction industry around supply and labour and contract services. The scopes vary, man, just depending on what the site or the client needs will vary, you know, a lot of variety of factors, what we offer what they're looking for and you created face from scratch yeah when when i was younger and you know this well i always jump job to job you know i was always chasing the fulfillment somewhere else thinking it was greener somewhere else and uh, when i when i hit when i when i started face and started my own consultancy company as safety and training i really resonated with it i was in control i was in control of my environments a bit more and the desire was there a bit more. Obviously, I started as a safety and training consultant. That's how Face started. And ever since then, I've committed to it. And to be able to create something and commit to it and, and get an enjoyment and fulfillment out of it and to reflect on it now, like 10 years later, 8 years later, it's pretty rewarding. So, yeah, and to start it from scratch and to have it where it is now and, and the stuff that's happening in the future... It's cool. I'm pretty excited to unpack a lot of stuff around it, actually. And before we do dive deeper into things, I just want to say, Peter Finn, welcome to your life of impact. Thanks, mate. It's been a journey just to be on this show because obviously me and you are best mates and I presume you're going to say that in the intro and and we've known each other for as long as I've been giving you touch-ups down the drains. (laughs) But, you know, I remember when I, I think I did introduce you to the podcast. I think Eddie got you first and then I sort of pushed it a bit too, Lewis Howes and them sort of guys. I think we were sort of introduced around the same sort yeah, of time. Yeah. We went down that rabbit hole together. That's right, we did. And you brought right into it. You got a lot out of it. And, and I'm a bit of a slow learner. <laughs> I had a few distractions in high school. Won't name names. And, yeah, you know, I really appreciate being here because I've been listening to seeing you evolve. And I remember I'm obviously about to start my own podcast, Full Production, which is related to my company and mining. And I never thought I'd ever be a podcaster. 
And when you started and Eddie started, and to be on life, you know, this is your life impact. I'm super excited, dude. You mentioned it there before that we've known each other pretty much since we were born. We were neighbours in Ningen. We went to high school together in Cobar. Um, we've been really close. Plenty of great memories together. Not not many that we need to share on this podcast, but a, a lot of good laughs. And you, just to give people a bit of a, an idea of your upbringing, you're one of seven, so you've got six sisters. I want to know, how was that for you? What, what do you feel like you've learnt from your childhood as the only boy with six sisters? Women are hard to figure out, man. You know, men, really simple. Food, sex, maybe a bit of beer. We're done. Women, and I, I have a whole different switchboard that are all wired so differently. Look, growing up with females has definitely been an entertaining one, and uh, you think I'd have, you think I'd be okay with the ladies. The amount of females I've had in my life, I'm terrible with the ladies. I'm very luckily married now, but yeah, they're all very different, and it was good growing up. Like as you know, when I grew up in that large family, finances weren't abundance. You know, uh, mum and dad always gave me love and care. Mum was a cleaner, dad was a roof shooter, done a bit of electrical work. I was. Probably the most fortunate thing in life and in all the avenues I could have took was to have some good mates like your family, the Robinson family, the Kemp family, the Baker family, you know, the Beckett family. Like, you could just go on. Like, and you know our group, is, uh, you know, the Dolan family, we, Harlan family. It keeps on going on because we all had such a tight-knit group growing up at that youth. And I was very fortunate for sport and the small community and how tight the community was of Cobar at the time as well. I personally believe that... Yeah, it was the product I was, uh, the people I was surrounding myself with was sort of led me down a bit more of a straighter path. And I was a groomsman in your wedding. You'll be a groomsman in my wedding. So we are very, very close. My gorgeous fiance and I have spent plenty of quality time with your beautiful wife, Rach. And lucky lady, very lucky lady. <laughs> but I'm not just bringing you on this podcast because we're best mates. And not just because I think you have a bit of uh, a cool story to tell, but I'm super proud to see a shift in you as a person and your personal development and also with face contracting that we've spoken about just at the beginning. And I want to really unpack that a lot. And I want to get an inside look and feel into how you are creating a paradigm shift in your business. That's what really, truly intrigues me. But I think it's good if you can enlighten us a bit about your personal development and growth over the last couple of years. I think reflecting's big. And when I get on podcasts, I've been on a couple now, and to have a reflect, and especially reflect with you on your podcast, really makes you think a bit deep, makes you think about the personal and professional things that I've been through. And, you know, you share a lot of these feelings and emotions with people close to you. So, you know, I appreciate you just not getting me on here because I'm pretty much family. But when I reflect on it and I reflect on life, I remember there was a stage. I remember the moments, man. We're living in Sydney. You were down the road in Dremoyne and I was in uh, sunny Walleye Creek. And I just sold uh, the Occidental Hotel. So I got out of the mining game for a bit and I was still doing a bit of consultancy work at the time. And I started face like I really started to hook into face. Like I was not just no longer a consultant. I was starting to get labor hire and a few things happening. And, you know, I've got a really beautiful wife, which you mentioned before, Rachel. I'm a, I'm a kid from Burke Street, Cobar, mate, you know. And I had a, a nice nice apartment, as you know. Rachel earned good money. I earned more money than I gave a pug a stick at, at the time, I thought anyway. And I had an office in Pitt Street. And I was the saddest person ever. 
Like I was, I was in a bad way, man. I was going down the street and seeing the psychologist going, I don't know what's wrong. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got a nice house. I've got an office in Pitt Street. And I said, I come from nothing. And I'm still miserable. And I started to really think, this is how real successful people might look successful on the outside in. They've got a nice business and all the cool shit, you know, to be blunt. But the reality of it was, it was no, there was no heart and soul in it. So I had a deaf conversation with my wife, Rachel, about it because I was nervous. I was like, shit, what could possibly be wrong with my life? Having a good look in the mirror. Why are you like this? And I started to, I think as we talked about in my career, I started to ask questions and I started to kick tires going, nah, there's got to be something. Got on antidepressants, started, I joined a footy team across the road. I was just playing foot. I can always play footy, you know, just as a natural thing to do. Met a few guys. And I was, you know, getting fit and healthy. That was feeling good again. I really wasn't enjoying the football. I was actually feeling like I was doing it just to feel alive, you know. And on my search for answers, I'm obviously listening to podcasts all the time and seeing the psychologist. I ended up running Anna Fryer, Anna Hewan now, who's actually, you know, I've seen Carl on the show a couple of times, is, is Carl. Yeah, so Carl Hewan, who's been on the podcast a few times. Yep. So I, I met Carl and just, just like, you know what, yeah, I'll hang out with you, dude. I've got, I've got to do something. And we started hanging out and, you know, slowly started training together. You know, obviously I was a client of his, become good mates. We've done some sit-downs together. He really aligned me. I'm still getting aligned. You know, it's always an adjusting process. And it was, that's when the real self-development stuff started. And I know you were, I think, did I introduce you to Carl? I can't remember. You that actually was. did. I was getting coaching elsewhere and doing my own things and you introduced me to Carl. I remember when I was resonating with Carl and going through the process, I was like, mate, you and my mate Robbo are going to like start passion. You're <laughs> so on the same wavelength. And he's, he's, I knew straight away when you two clicked it was going to happen because he's a cool dude. Any of the people on the show already know this as well. And from there, mate, when I started to go through that self-improvement journey with Carl and the structure he put around me, oh, it, it potentially changed my paradigm shift to how I look at life in general. What would you say, It's I know it's hard, I know all the processes you've been through, maybe not what was the biggest turning curve, but what was the biggest aha moment over that couple of years with Carl that really, because like I said, I saw a big shift in you as a person. I saw weight change, I saw happiness come back, I saw your marriage and everything just light up again. It was, it's magical to see. Yeah, pretty um, special dude, the whole journey of it. It's like it's... When it happened, it happened, and I think it come around. It come around when I started to align my values with how I wanted to live my life, what was important to me, and then on the back of my values, putting some goals. And when you start setting goals that are aligned to your values, and then you reflect on how you went. I remember just doing last year's goals. I smacked them so silly. I was like, shit. That, was, that wasn't really even a challenge. I, I actually, I just finished my goals this year and I'm super nervous. This is the first time I actually put something down on pen to paper that is going to push me to somewhere I've never been before. And I think when you start putting your values in line with your goals and have a direction and mission and purpose, oh, it's fulfilling, dude. It's exciting too. I, I think we talk about it with my company now. Like, you know, not only is it, is it ingrained in me, uh, like I said, I've been stale for a little while. I'm really now starting to integrate into my business that passion and purpose about why we do what we do. We're not just here to go through the motions and get paid every week and step by step. I'm really enthusiastic about having a team around me that want to take it 
my business, like the business face and themselves to the next level. We mentioned there before about a paradigm shift and moving into face contracting again in your business. It's in the mining industry, as you said. What is it that you've experienced in this industry that you feel like you need to change within your company? The number game, man. You know, I've worked for – it's easy for people. And we just talked about it before of young Brindley in the office here, how people badmouth people and chirp about people and criticise people all the time. And, you know, there's all about that proactive approach. It's easy to sit on the fence and say, oh, you know, he's doing it wrong or he shitted it. And I think that I used to work in companies and it was quite easy for me to join the lunchtime table and say, oh, you know, I don't agree with that. But, yeah, still, still got, I still collect my paycheck every week. And I think obviously now starting my own business and you felt like a number as well. You know, I'd be in meetings too and this is not trying to badmouth any companies but, you know, they'd say, oh, we're down a truck driver, we're down a nipper, we're down a X, Y, Z and then all of a sudden it was never, oh, Jim's at home with a personal problem. You know, there was some guys that were big on the people and they got the most out of them pretty well but a lot of it would come down to, oh, we're down a bog operator, we're down a truck driver. There was no human factor to it and I was like, wow. Like even I felt like a number and you know for me to try and do it differently was to try and create a culture and a team that where people aren't just a number they're a person and that comes down to like you know I go right through my whole whole process to how I bring people on to my company talk to them for 30 minutes part of my interview process for example is talk to them for 30 minutes you hold a conversation for 30 minutes with a person anybody mate you'll figure out what's happened in their life pretty quickly and you resonate with them and, you, and you've got a genuine interest and a care. And I've got guys around now screening and you get different perceptions. So we'll have three people screen one person. They, all, they might take, you know, 15, 20 minutes each. But at the end of the day, I might walk in and say, I reckon that bloke's a dickhead. And someone else will walk in and go, actually, I thought he was all right guy. And it's like, well, was I just in a bad mood or was that just my perception? And, and ask what there, and this is how a conversation starts. And then you start to realise going, righto, this guy could really do with a supervisor like him or in that sort of work environment. And it comes down to, um, you know, really treating the people like people and then also painting a picture for them for what work environment they're going into. So you can really understand, like you said, what work environment you can put that personality into as opposed to just bringing on a worker, bringing on a number putting that number into the site but do do minds come to you and just want numbers yeah all the time dude i got a client the other day naturally so sometimes these companies they're big companies and they've got to get xyz of tenders to prove that this is the best option going forward and i hadn't done this for a while because of my client base it's, it's pretty big but it's also pretty small and this is a, a reasonable size client and it was funny that you bring this up because what happened was they said put your rates in so I put my rates in I was like you know what I'm not just going to put my rates in I'm going to show you how good my service has been for you guys and I went through and I went down the whole list of people that I put on to that company and how many people had either stayed with me or joined them on a labour hire recruitment ranger depending on the setup but I was putting on 10 people and keeping 8 where I ran into another guy the other day who uses another company up in um, Queensland and they employ 10 people and keep 2 it's a difference between like it's like a meat factory compared to the human game. You really gotta you know paint that picture for the worker, and and you gotta understand where they come from as well. I think the biggest thing for my workforce that go through the screening process of getting the workers on board, they need to understand what environment they're going into. You know, I want to know. But before I even try and look at a client these days, 
I want to know the superintendent. I want to know the shift bosses. I probably want to go stay at their camp. I want to have a feed and a beer there. I want to have interact. I want to see them have their shift change. I want to see it. Because the better I see it, is the better I can sell it. And how do they react to that? When when they come to you and they just want numbers, and if you put that to them and say, well, that's fine, I can feel the numbers, but I want to make sure they're the right people for the, your environment. So I'm going to come and learn your environment and see what my people, what of my people will be suited to you. Proof is People who see the proof in the pudding, they buy right into it. Like, you know, I can happily give a reference. And I'm sort of a big believer too. I don't want to take on work that I can't deliver on. Right now, I'm in a phase where I'm really keen to grow and get bigger and take on more work. But before I go do that, I need to make sure that I can actually deliver. I need to make sure actually I can service their needs. Because if, if, we, if I go and take that work and don't deliver, that's my reputation. That's my relationship with, with a person that I could potentially be friends with. You know, I'm, I'm all about relationships and enjoying who I work for. Yeah, mate, don't get me wrong. I've rang up guys before in the past and spoke to them and they've gone, oh, we want six truck drivers and, you know, 10 fitters. And I said, look, yeah, I want to come to site and meet you. And they're like, no, mate, we just want that. And I said, well, look, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not too sure of, you know, who you are. And I want to, this is how I want to go about the process, which I just, just talked about before. And, and and they'll just sort of give you the, the wide berth. But they ultimately pay for it because they'll just keep on going back to some number-crunching company. So you've turned down contracts because they wouldn't allow you to do your processes? Yeah, I've turned down a little bit of work because of it because I, I, I can't go and sell something. Like, you know, mining's a tough game that it is. You need to really paint the picture to the workers. They're saying, no matter where you go, man, it's like walking into a pub, Brett. There's a good chance you're going to run into a dickhead. When you walk into a work environment, there's going to be running, going to be someone in there you don't like. This is this is, it's a given. I mean, not everybody in the world's meant to get along, you know. And I think you really got to paint that picture for the worker. And you're going to say, "Hey, mate, you're going, you're going to CSA, for example. It's a pretty hot mine, but the people there are looking after you good. Like they they know it's hot. They've got all these processes in place. Like I know what you're going to get out of there. I know they've got really good hydration schemes. I know they've got some really good people managing them. Just an example. Like, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, that's good to know. And it's important for me to know that's good too because imagine if I send him there, it's a shithole. And but in saying that, sometimes you send them to other mines and you go, look, they've got a bit of a culture issue. You know, they're, they're going through getting rid of, rid of some old habit workforce and they're bringing new blood in and I need you to lead by example and not let the shit people affect how you feel. Go in there and be the difference. Lead by example. Because as soon as you start letting the shit people affect how you feel, then you let the shit people win, don't you? And it's one thing to say that to your workers and it's one thing to know that they know how to represent themselves and it's one thing that they know how to actually take action on what you're telling them. And not too long ago, maybe a couple of months ago from now, you called me while I was in Sweden and we had a big chat very similar to this and you said to me that if you died tomorrow, you wouldn't be super proud of the legacy of your company. And you said that you want to know that the company and the legacy that you leave behind is something that you are really proud of. And you wanted to make sure that that pride came from the, the culture and what people knew about it. You didn't want to just be another mining company. And you care about people. You care about creating life opportunities for them and the families and you care about your legacy and since then you've brought me on and been doing some coaching with your staff and we around we discussed and you said that you wanted your staff to be exposed to 
the emotional intelligence side of things about understanding and optimizing relationships you want them to understand holistic health and holistic approach to life and i'm working with some of them around all these areas the emotional intelligence their sleep their their physicality everything this is the kind of thing that is means a lot to you the the companies that are calling you up aren't asking you if your workers know anything about emotional intelligence how their physical and mental health is this is important to you yeah you bang on dude I um, was fine-tuning my mission and purpose moving forward. That's why I called you. I was, I'm getting to a point right now where, like I said, it's good to reflect like we did before and now we're looking to the future and you always should be excited about the future. And I think when you look at life and you've got some really cool people that come on your show, you know, you, zero to 10, 10 to 20, when's your number up? When, when, when are you going to get picked out of life and say, that's it, brother, it's all over? And I think myself having a young family and Rachel and Annabelle, I want my kids to look at me and go, wow, look at dad. He's really just running at life and enjoying every moment of it. And that's the only way you can influence people is by lead by example and be the difference. I talk about my company and as I look at growing, it's about delivery. Delivery on work fronts is everything. If you're not delivering, you're not doing nothing. It's like being a boxer. No point sounding like Chuck Mundine or Danny Green or whoever you want to talk about. And then they put them in the ring and they get knocked out in the first round. That was a waste of air, wasn't it? You really want to be competitive. You want to jump in there and you want to deliver. And I think what I want in my team is you spend a lot of time at work. I really want to enjoy who I work with and I want them to enjoy working here. And these are the people that are also now in control of workforces and people that we're employing. And for me to, or for them and the company to be influencing the workforce, I need the people that are having that day-to-day interaction like Cam and Brindley, Carissa, having their emotional intelligence to the peak. So they are being the best version of themselves. They are leading by example and bringing the best out of the workers and painting that picture of, this is life, mate. You choose how to live it. This is how I'm living it. Rip into it. And you and I have been exposed to many different industries, either through our addiction to podcasts or through our connections and our friends in other industries. And we know that some of the most successful and influential companies and people in the world who are making a big impact, they all invest into their personal coaches or their company coaches around these avenues that we just spoke about. Not just courses and programs, but they have coaches. And we know that they target their, their mental strength and their mentality and their emotional intelligence, their holistic health, everything that we spoke about. What about in the mining industry? Because obviously what you're doing might be quite different and this industry might not be used to bringing on a coach like myself or ones that we've been exposed to that can work on human behavior. What is it about the mining industry that either it isn't happening or it just isn't happening enough? Gee, it's a good question and it's something to think about deeply. Just from your perspective. Yeah. I think that people aren't living life to the fullest. I think they're getting sucked up into the money trap. You could talk, go, go talk to someone who's dying and say it's not about how much money they've got. It's about you know the only thing you take out of life is the relationships you have in it. I've met guys, dude. Guys, I won't mention names because I don't know if they'll ever listen to this. They probably don't listen to podcasts in general because they're old fellas. Old, filthy rich and had triple heart bypasses, terrible marriages, kids are spoiled brats and all they do is work all day. And that's they sold their soul. They overwatered that part of life. 
and I see a lot of miners these days, you know, how transient the industry is at the best of times. Figure out what you want and where you want to go to. If it's not the mining game, cool, that's your skill set. Work out a plan of attack to what you're going to do to get out of it. I use Ray Dolan, one of our mates, as an example. Ray, he's still in mining at the moment. He was he looked at avenues and he said, oh, I really like real estate. So he took a week off work and went down a real estate ticket. And I actually think now he's got a ticket out of the industry to go to real estate, which is something that he enjoys. He actually enjoys the mining game because he knows he can get out. And I think that people need to live life. And if they're not too sure how to live life, I need to go ask questions. Like I know that. You know that. That's why I got you in. I want my team asking questions of themselves. Do they want to be here? Where do they want to be? That's why I got you in. I unfortunately can't spend as much time with my team coaching them and developing them, even though I know what you and Carl know and what you teach. And But... So have you come in and give that to them, then they can give it to someone else by leading and being the best example themselves. And I highly encourage miners, my managers, people that are in control of people, to have a look at their budget, come and contact Robbo, have a, and have a look at ways they can invest in their people to bring the best out of it. It may be that these people in my company leave me and go do something different. If that's what they want to do and they are happy as doing it, go do it. And like I said, to go back to it, the only thing you take out of Life is relationships, no matter how much money you got or anything like that. Sure, you can, it'd be good to leave a legacy and a nest egg for your family and you can work on that sort of stuff. If you haven't got your health, mental health, physical health, emotional health, what have you got? And I think that we're in some illusion that, you know, it's a, it's a boys club and it's all about how much money you earn and I'm on this per shift and we, you know, I'm going over here for this roster, I'm going over here for this money. Mate, you're, you're, you're dreaming. The happiness and the it needs to be it needs to come from internally first. And you say that as a thirty three year old, as an owner of a mining company with staff, and you think about some of the environments that you step into, and there is a lot of the older managers. Imagine how much they're exposed to seeing the the industry and what the mental health let's talk about it a bit around mental health so when we talk about mindset and understanding and nourishing the seven key areas of life and not waiting and not getting to a point where one area is is very nourished whether it's just your your financial health but your relationships your physical health your mental health is all down so imagine how many of these minds and mind managers see this on a regular basis and just for everyone listening I'm not, I've got nothing against the mining industry. I'm actually really proud of it. And that's why I'm really proud to come in and join your team, Pete, because my dad's still a miner. My, uh, a lot of my friends started in and a lot still work in the mines. I'm a brother. My brother, exactly. Like he's got his own mining company. I actually love that the industry exists, but it kind of saddens me that there's a big missing link that hasn't been bridged yet but i guess what i was getting at is so imagine all these miners that are, and managers that have been around for longer what what is stopping them from spending their budget on bridging these gaps more often oh look i t- talked about the number game again didn't i you know it's, it's it's the number converse the human game if you've got a happy workforce how much more do you think you're going to get out of them you know your crew of guys. I when when I have little contracts, obviously I'm not a big contractor, but I have a contract and I have someone um, who's in charge of that crew of men. That guy, that supervisor, that middle management, they are key to how these guys feel and why they come to work. They're the ones that create the environment from a day-to-day point of view and an interaction to bring the best out of them. Not just on a work front, but also on all the other levels. You know, be able to tell something's up with someone. 
it's it's it, you know I get it the people who are coming through the younger generation they're changing too you know they 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 think they're entitled to more as we go through an upswing at the moment people climb the food chain rather quicker too Brett and the reality of it is you know I only had Tony Andrews on the podcast on my podcast of a day and he talks about how engineers back in the day when he first started done two to three years underground and I think now he thinks they're doing six months to a year max. And, you know, they're not going into them top-level jobs with enough operational experience. From a mentality point of view, yeah, it's an issue of the industry. Resiliency-wise, like, you know, times get tough, they take off to another job. I do another three months there, get sick of it, time gets tough, take off again. And that also, you know, there's a lot, lot goes into the mining game too. Like, it gives so much. But it also can take a bit, like, you know, we talked about it offline before, about how many guys fly away to get away from their kids and family. Oh, I hate flying away from my kids and family. I want to be around as much as I can. This is why I, I, I get really happy when I come to places or residential towns like Cobar and I run into a foreman or a superintendent or someone and they say, just fly in, fly out, I could probably earn 30 or 40 grand more, but... You know, I get to live here, home every night, have a beer and a feed with my wife. It's what's important to them. They start to realise that there's no point flying around and earning bigger, better money. It depends on what stage of life you're at as well. Whether you're young and you've got the experience and you're doing month on, month off in India. That's cool. Like, you know, you get, there's so many cool things you can do, the industry can give you. And then all of a sudden you see the guy, you see the risk profile change too in, in different operations. Like you do two weeks on, one week off. What sort of risk profile are you going to get in the person there? You get two weeks on, two weeks off, one week on, one week off. You get these guys that risk profiles change. Usually the one week and week are usually guys that are really safe and conservative at work because they've got a young family they want to go home to. The guys that are doing two and one are doing two weeks on and want to go to Bali for a week off. And I think that people need to be a bit more in tune with themselves. And I, I, I couldn't recommend highly companies having a good look. If four companies can have a look at what they want to do for their people, like managers and guys that have an influence, have a look at themselves. Like they've probably been set in a way as well. You know, they've gone through a process themselves and they are who they are because of the way they've come through. Imagine having a stop and think about and, and changing that perception. Like, you know, people are sometimes they're very set in their ways and hard-minded and that's, that's what it is, very fixed mindset. Are you prepared, listener, are you prepared to stop your fixed mindset whether you think you have it or don't? Are you prepared to push the boundary a little to see if this is a, a viable option? Because I can guarantee you, I'm a small company and you might be thinking, oh, he's got 70 guys working for him, that's stuff for. See you in a few years, mate. Because the reality of it is I know the returns I'm going to get from this. And, and that's not about numbers. It's about influence and impact. And this is, you know, if I'm going to impact a, a demographic or an industry, it's going to be a minor down the pub. Like, I am that person. I'm no different to them. I, I've gone through the ranks. I've done all the, my path, my journey. I can't change it. It is what it is. And if I'm going to impact a demographic or an industry... It's the mining industry. That's why I was saying that I'm proud to join you on that too. You mentioned before about purpose and you found a bit of purpose with your company. Talk to us a bit more about that. What do you feel like your purpose through face contracting is and then maybe lead into why you are now a podcaster? Yeah, it's it's a good story because it, was, it wasn't that long ago, probably a year or two ago, I was actually digesting how I wanted to be. Like, you know, seriously, the money I was earning, I could quite easily get a job and earn that. And I just, I talked to Carl about it in depth. I said, I feel like I'd sell myself if I did that. 
And he's like, yeah, mate, you, you got to really figure out who you want to be and what you want to do. And I, you know, could have got a job quite easily, earned good money and been happy and content. Probably the, probably the most money I was earning in a job than I was trying to run my own company, you know. And to look at it and think, wow, I really want to impact the world in some way. It was really thinking that this is the demographic that I can really impact. This is what I know. Working in my skill set. If I was going to change that and become a, an athlete coach like yourself, that'd be a mission. That'd be a 10-year process to even get to that point. And I would never be an efficient at it and I probably would never even enjoy it. I'd love to sit around and talk rugby league all day. Who's going to listen to some Cobo Rooster talk rugby league all day? But, you know, I enjoy mining too. I really enjoy it. It's not just work. For me, it's a passion. It provides for so much. Yeah, yeah, we talk about the, the issues that come with the mining game, but it provides for people's lifestyles, good money. The know-how group, um, Bushy Martin, he's coming on my podcast. I should introduce you to him. Great guy, man. And he talks about he's a property investor and does a lot of pro- – and, and he actually just stopped using everyone who wanted to invest in property and just started on the resource sector. They just got good money. They're not too sure where to spend it. I, guess I can relate to them a lot easier and I can develop a relationship. And I can get them to use their money as much as they can. Like it's just, and he just sort of you know resonated real quickly that this is a demographic that he can relate to. This is a demographic I can relate to. And I've got another. I hear these guys going, "Oh, I'm gonna have a five years and I'm retiring." Stuff that, mate. You're not getting me saying that. No way in the world. I'm 32, and I've got 50, 100 years ahead of me. Whatever you want to give me, Brett. I know you'll be running together at 110, will we? Yeah, I hope so, mate. (laughs) And I just think myself, I really want to live life to the ultimate fulfillment, have an impact on a demographic that I can impact. That's who I am from a DNA point of view. And that's probably been the biggest driver and purpose to be able to really influence the industry and people and enjoy what I do, enjoy what we do as miners. That's fulfillment, right? You mentioned that word before and that's fulfillment. So tell us, how does that lead to you becoming a podcaster tell us about your podcasting journey funny man what's your podcast called full production and it's all based around the mining industry in general proving productions and efficiency on mine site and plenty of good characters man oh i've had some laughs already <laughs> dude i've only had about 10 and i'm probably by the time i finish this trip in australia i'll have a have a few more in the bank but how it came about was obviously our good mate David Eddy, another Cobar kid, a Burke Street kid too, mind to add. All the good kids come from Burke Street, mate. <laughs> I watched them Gould Street ones, they're no good. <laughs> but on the back of that, I, I was t- Eddie used to do a lot of marketing for me, like done my website and stuff. He'd done it for cheap and free. And I, I sort of got to a point where I was bringing Eddie up and I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm starting to really get these missions and foundations and wanting to have a bigger purpose and I just want to make sure I can convey it the right way. It's all been a process. Nothing's been a, an overnight thing. And I, I sort of got to a point where actually I was actually talking to Eddie and I was sick of ringing him about marketing problems. Like it was a bit like, you know, someone having a drill rig problem or an athlete problem. Oh, Brett, what did you do here when you someone had a sore foot? You know, same sort of thing. And I said, I wouldn't mind looking at my marketing process and using a marketing company. He said, look, fair enough. I want, well, the biggest thing is I want to really maintain a, a friendship with Eddie that was outside marketing because that's what he did. Because um, as you know, he's a good character. And... From there, he said, go and interview every marketing company in Tauranga where I lived in New Zealand. Interviewed every one of them and yeah, resonated with a couple. I was like, oh, 
nothing really stuck out, you know, somewhere I wanted to invest me money to, to, in my company. And I ended up running into a guy named Ronsley Vars. He was Eddie's mate. Yeah, a really good dude. You know, they're marketing guys that just go for your money and they just try and suck it into you. Ronsley's like, nah, dude, read me book. You know, give me, and I read his book and I'd been talking to you about it and a few things and I really realized that was a platform where people can hear our conversations. They can drive. They'd be driving their car right now. They could be doing the dishes. I don't know how many miners do their dishes. But, you know, <laughs> They could be doing anything, you know, and you can listen to it. It's a way to consume information. And I think it's also a good way to, for me to network with people, you know, ask questions, get information, and predominantly get a message out there, whether it be my message or their message. And I think that's predominantly how I come around to doing a podcast, mate, is, is to be able to give people who like the mining game or listen to something, you know. We, we ha- I have these conversations so regularly anyway. Why not record them? What is it that you feel like that – you that the miners will get the most out of it it's not just a conversation there's got to be something that you you want to expose the miners to there's so many topics we can talk about financial education how many mine how many to, like you know personally i've always earned good money as a kid and i've never been resourceful with it i've always earned like 70 grand probably plus since i was 17 years age and I've had a good time, don't get me wrong, but I didn't spend that money very wisely. And I think that financial education is probably really important. I think there's a lot of other topics you can cover about employment. You know, you can get companies on here that on my podcast that want to talk about why people should work for them. And then obviously tools of guys like you. People, people, I hope people listen to this podcast and think, shit, I really wouldn't mind doing a bit of work on myself give you a, a ring or a call or an email and say you know mental health physical health emotional health like just invest in yourself be the best version of yourself and that's that's the idea of this podcast is one yet talk about all the work stuff which is cool because we all love work like to be honest miners love talking about you know machineries boggers drills you know management styles you know what the ground was like there's so much stuff you can talk about with mining it's no different to how we can affect miners or us in the mining industry as general you know female, male, manager, minor, whatever level you're at, there's somewhere to go, there's something to do. Have a look at what what you need and go get it. Now, this wasn't supposed to be uh, Pete spruiking about me and my services, but I do appreciate that. Thanks, mate. <laughs> oh, look, it's not, it's not even sprucing. It's, it's the truth, man. Like, it's like, seriously, I just don't get it. If you don't know something, Google it. Go to the video section, watch a video if you can't read. <laughs> watch someone talk to you about a problem or a resolving issue like you know don't think that there's not an answer out there there's always an answer and, you know, and it's often from within for sure dude you know hear these guys committing suicide like i've had you know miners and that do it and mates and that do it and you think shit mate how many people could you have called mm. what could have he done differently well, what can we do differently? This is, this is just one example of one topic man marriage breakups divorces in the industry it's ridiculously high man you know, just because you're having good sex and farting in front of someone doesn't mean it's love. You know, there's so much more to a relationship. There's so much more. You know, these are only just skim over the top of conversations we could have about the mining industry. And I think that I want to create a platform and help as many people as I can that I can relate to. So you just mentioned there there's some pretty horrific things that you've been exposed to within the industry does that fuel your drive and your passion to to improve your workforce and to create that bit of a paradigm shift in the industry? Glenn Carlson says it perfectly in one of his videos on social media. If you were playing the human lottery and you were redrawn as a human, there's a good chance you'd be redrawn in part of the world where you'd earn $2 a day and be happy and content and fulfilled 
and yet here is us in Australia or New Zealand or in a Western society world just don't carry that enough gratitude or appreciation for how good we got it and I feel that that's a big issue with us moving forward we really need to appreciate how good we got it and live life to however we want to live it if you're not happy in your workplace what are you going to do about it don't just quit and go get another job it's not going to make you happy dude go and have a look at what you actually want to do of yourself how do you want to live your life simple i can't make it any more simpler and i guess it's easy for me and you to talk about it but i guess i always want a platform where i can have that influence or that information or that gateway where someone can come and talk to face and what the service we provide like you know and and resonate and take a step it's not going to happen overnight man you're not going to listen to this one podcast and change it could be a starting point but it's the little things you do consistently is what you're going to see the results in. That's exactly right. It's about taking the action yourself. And as you know, Pete, I'm all about action and I want to know, I ask all my guests this question, what specific advice can you give to the listeners on what action they can take to become more impactful in their lives and in their communities? Get involved, whether it be community or all your life. Everyone's going through different stages. How does a 20-year-old Brett Robinson think and feel compared to a 30-year-old Brett Robinson think and feel? It's undoubtedly a completely different human. Mate, how do you think a 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old are going to feel? That's why I always personally go and see someone older, whether I like them or don't, or whether I agree with them or don't, and just take their perception. I've got mates that are older than me, and I say, mate... What do you reckon I should do in the next 10 years? And I might necessarily agree with that, but I might like attributes of that person and what he's done and think, I'll use that. Go and explore. It's a, it's a world of not even geographically exploring, but people exploring, answer exploring. If you're not prepared to ask a tough question, nothing's going to change. You know, I think I say this in just about every podcast I've been on and say it sometimes during my podcast that relationships are built on tough conversations. Make some deep and meaningful relationships so you can look back and go, wow, you know, I, I might have mucked up. You see guys do really well in their second marriage. You know, I see guys that have gone through marriage breakups and their, their next marriage is solid because they're like, shit, these are all the things that I didn't do in my last one. Let's get it right. And I think that people really need to, whatever stage of life they're at, assess it and move forward because I can tell you right now, I'm gutted that one day I've got to die. That is shit. And I think to myself, I need to tell people to do whatever they need to do to be the best version of themselves in whatever capacity that is. And whether it be in mining or not be in mining, appreciate what you're doing, what stage of life you're going through and where you're heading next. It's never a straight line. You know that. Absolutely. That's all part of the journey, all part of the fun. Now, as you know, I'm a very values-based, driven human being, and one of my top core values is giving. I'll give all my guests a gift <laughs> for coming onto the podcast. This could be anything, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pete, today, for you, I, I've had a lifetime of giving you things, by the way, <laughs> and there's one thing that I know you'll love, so I want to give you this. Hang on, I'm just trying to get it out of the bag. Here it is. Oh, mate, you... You're a dead set champion. It's a, <laughs> it's, Explain it's a, what you're looking at there. Is, what is that an original? It's the original. Mate, Robbo's family is like a walk into the house any day of the week and like I own the joint. I used to go around there a lot and they used to have this jug in their fridge that was always full of red cordial. 
and you just it'd just be one of them, you know, <laughs> endless pit of red cordial. And he's literally we're only talking the other night at dinner, and he said that every I was telling how off a bit of sugar in regards to soft drinks and a few things I had been for a while, and they said, oh yeah, Roscoe's off the red cordial as well. That's dad, Roscoe. Yep. Yeah. And here we are with the original red cordial body bottle that you're going to give me. <laughs> it's not just a red cordial bottle. Just for everyone listening, it's one of the oldest Tupperware containers you'll find. <laughs> it's big. It's bright yellow it's got one of those funny push button things it's definitely i don't know you'd probably class it as retro and old school can we get a photo on social media with me holding that we absolutely must that's your gift i've had some trophies in my day usually first place you usually come a second most of the time <laughs> but that there is, is the pinnacle buddy that's and i know you're flying back to new zealand where you got to live you probably haven't got any room in your I'll, bag i'll but make room for that mate i might put a brick in it too just to make it a little bit harder for you to transport is it um water is it water built for built for water mate yeah it's only for water so yeah, you mentioned there about the red cordial i have probably haven't drank red cordial since i lived at home when i was 17 <laughs> years old actually from that yeah. container yep. so you can fill it with water and and your greens juices you're <laughs> now, a legend mate legend. <laughs> i'm super happy about that pete where can our listeners learn more about you so social media website your podcast and we'll link it all up in the show notes yeah cool man so probably go to the website facecontracting.com.au and we'll have all the social media links there where you can get hold of face or myself personally the podcast full production it's not too far from coming out at all man i'm pretty excited about getting it out for the listeners yeah so get on itunes and stitcher and all the other fun places the website there'll be a way they can stream it from there yeah and also how can i and the listeners help you on your journey not when you when you hear people talking badly about mining or anything tell them to stop so that's cool to talk bad about it but what are you doing differently to change your perception of it or your reality moving forward i just think you know yep it's cool to have a you know event about something but then to to counteract that with what are you going to do about it not just say oh that's it i'm done what's next right oh you hate that what are you doing i want everyone don't care what it is mining related or whatever I want people to pull people up and say, that's cool, you don't enjoy that or don't like that, but what are you doing about it, buddy? And just simple conversations like that will make people really think, shit, no, it could be that moment people go, shit, I really need to do something about this. Oh, yeah, what am I going to do about that? Anything else to say before we finish up, Peter Finn? Mate, the things I could tell the audience. Can I tell a story? No. <laughs> no, look, you're right. I, I, I can't tell a story because um, <laughs> none of them would be too podcast appropriate. But I personally wanted to say thanks to you, mate, for your friendship over a lifetime. Really happy that when I reflect on our journey, I can't tell stories, but it's been really fun and always plenty of big belly laughs, especially with your brother Jay as well. And all your whole family. And I'm super proud of you and really happy that you let me come on the show, mate. And part of the rules were that I wasn't allowed to tell stories. You told me that at the start. But yeah, thanks again, mate. Really appreciate it, hey? Peter Finn, you're a legend. You're a great example of someone who creates their own reality and not letting your external environment and history dictate your future. Keep shining your passionate, proud and impactful light to the world, my man. Woo! <laughs> An excited finish there from Pete. That was actually great fun for me to hear him speak so proudly about the changes that he's making. And like I said in the intro, I'm proud to join him on this journey. Super proud and excited to see where we can take this. There is a big impact that we can make and we understand the ripple effect 
deeply. This isn't just about making them better workers, as we talked about, and as you know about from this podcast. This is about allowing people to be the best version of themselves in every key area of their life. Make sure you jump online and follow Pete on his website and make sure you're there when he starts his podcasting journey. I think it will be fun even if you're not in the mining industry. Like he said, you'll hear some great characters and some great chats. And if you are in the mining industry and you're interested in engaging in the services that Pete and I have spoken about to help with your staff and your team building, please reach out to Pete or I as we are collaborating to take this bigger. We do truly believe and are proud to make this impact together. So you can find Pete at his website. You can find my contact details at yourlifeofimpact.com or email me directly, Brett at lifeintentional.com.au and even if you're not in the mining industry and these services are something that you believe will help build your team stronger please reach out to me there too and as always remember this is your life journey your life of impact